I'm Dave Champion, and you are weak. <laughs> so your government would have you believe. We're seeing all over the media today headlines about COVID fatigue and pandemic fatigue. Here's an example just from the Washington Post concerning Thanksgiving. Clearly, according to the government, you just can't hang. Okay, so pandemic fatigue is the latest PR stunt by the government and the media. And the implication is that you are too mentally weak to stay focused on what is important, that you are failing. The government is doing everything they can. They're doing it right. And you, you irresponsible people, you citizens of this country, you are failing. That's the message, the, the implied message this whole pandemic fatigue is communicating. Yeah, so that's not at all what's happening. As we're headed almost 10 months into this thing, what's really happening is millions upon millions upon millions of Americans are starting to understand, if they didn't already understand, they are coming to an understanding that the government's response to SARS-CoV-2 <laughs> has been dramatically over the top. A lot of people suspect uh, political or totalitarian reasons for that. I'm not going to go there today, but I, yeah, I'm one of these people who agree that this perhaps should have been the government's response, and this is what the government's response was to SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, it's insane, and people are waking up to that. The second thing people are waking up to is that the government cannot stop the spread of a virus. If the government could have stop the spread of a virus, it would be stopped. Uh, there is no case, there is no circumstance anywhere when you have a readily contagious disease, which is something distinct from things like HIV that require exchange of intimate bodily fluids, something that's readily communicable, there is not a single case in world history where government action has ever stopped it. And people in the United States are finally realizing Wait, I, I thought the government was telling the truth when they said that if we, they mandated all this stuff, they could stop it, but it's not stopping. And number three, in the final analysis, <laughs> no matter what government mandates, it's not government that's, that would, in theory, according to government, be stopping SARS-CoV-2. It's the public, and the public is waking up to the fact that there's nothing they can do. It doesn't matter how much the government oppresses them in an effort to stop the virus. It's society, you and me, the people of this country are powerless, 100% powerless to stop the spread of the virus. And I think people are finally figuring that out. And it's a lot less scary now that they can look back over the last 10 months and see, yeah, okay, a lot of people have died, you know, more than 200,000 people, and that's bad. But it's not like the government and the media have been telling us. If this virus were as bad as the government and the media were trying to make the American public believe it is, there, there would be no mandates needed. You wouldn't have to mandate social distancing because the public would be like, stay away, and I'm staying away from you because I don't want to get really, really, really sick, and I don't want to die. Okay? You would not have to mandate masks. People would be wearing the big thing with the, the full face because they don't, want to, they don't want to get really sick and they don't want to die. The technology is out there if people wanted to go there. No one's going there because everybody's aware this is not that kind of virus. So again, my point is 
if it was really as bad as government and media are trying to brainwash the American people to believe it is, mandates would be unnecessary. The public, all you'd have to do is do a public service announcement. Here's what you need to do. And people would be doing that and more if it was really as horrendous as government and media want the American people to believe. And of course, as more and more Americans are waking up to the truth that it's not anywhere near as bad as government and media want the public to believe, I want to give you some examples of exactly how badly the government is acting, like just horrifically irresponsible. Okay, so here in my state of Nevada, and I, I know you all have your own stories about your own crazy governors, but here in Nevada, just, I don't know, maybe 48 hours ago, Governor Sisolak held a press conference where he talked about this pandemic fatigue, and he basically pleaded with the people of Nevada to please do the right thing, be responsible. So are new infections in the state of Nevada increasing? So let's, as always with me, let's look at the data from the graphs. So yeah, as you can see, looking at this graph, new daily infections are rising considerably. I don't think anybody would argue that. However, in contrast to that, what's happening to daily deaths? Yeah, as you can see right here, they are utterly collapsing. Since I believe it was September 18th, so we're probably talking six weeks now, most of these days in the entire state of Nevada, the daily deaths have been single digits, six or seven. Occasionally they'll get to be like 11 or 14. But here's the point I wanna make about how irresponsible government is, and I'm using Sisolak as an example, and I've got a few more for you, okay. So Governor Sisolak thinks this is big news that everyone needs to know and hear about, but he thinks this doesn't merit a single comment. That's right. At his press conference, he never mentioned the collapsing death toll in the state of Nevada. Now, I'm just going to posit a question here. If infections are going up, but deaths are plummeting, first of all, wouldn't that be an important thing to acknowledge? Second of all, if you're having infections that don't result in deaths, why do you care? Switching to the state of Utah, the government now has this thing called wireless emergency alert. You're probably familiar with it in terms of like an amber alert where your phone makes this incredibly loud screeching noise and you look and there's a message from the government telling you in the case of amber alerts about a missing child, right? Okay, so now the state of Utah sent out to every cell phone in the state an emergency message, not about a missing child, about SARS-CoV-2. Let me read you what the message said. State of Utah, COVID-19 is spreading rapidly. Record cases. Almost every county is a high transmission area. Hospitals are nearly overwhelmed. Okay, so first of all, the obvious. COVID-19 is not spreading. COVID-19 is a disease. The allegation should be that the virus known as SARS-CoV-2 is spreading. The disease is not spreading. And then there's the part about hospitals nearly being overwhelmed. Okay, so first of all, nearly. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's government for you. And overwhelmed. Overwhelmed would be, would be bad, right? So what happened was this. After this message went out throughout all of Utah, some activists got on the phone and called hospitals 
in their community and said, I want to know if you are, as per the message, overwhelmed. None of these activists all across Utah, none of them found a single hospital that said, yeah, we're overwhelmed. Uh, the typical response was, yeah, we're seeing a, a bit of an uptick and we're shifting some people around, but we're not, we're not at capacity or anything like that. So that reality is why the state of Utah needed to scam every single person with a cell phone in Utah by including the word nearly. So they can say, oh, we didn't say they were overwhelmed, we said nearly. But the scam is worse than that because I talked about this months and months and months and months and months ago when the media was doing all of this about hospitals being overwhelmed back then, okay? So shortly after the virus kicked in, the initial round in February and March and going into late March and early April. Every single hospital that handled COVID cases, they create or they initiate, they long since been in existence, but they initiated the pod format. So whether we're talking about ICU to handle COVID, whether we're talking about just a COVID ward, the hospitals have a pod system. So I'll give you an example of what that means. A pod might be 20 beds. So if they've got eight beds occupied, no sweat, right? 12 beds occupied, no sweat. 16 beds occupied, hmm, okay, that means we have four beds. So we better take a look and see how frequently we're getting new people into the COVID ICU or the COVID ward. If they determine that the time is right, they open another pod, okay? They open another ward or another ICU with another 20 beds. It's usually the ICU has fewer beds than the wards do. Ward might have 20 to 25 beds. The ICU might have eight, right? But they, whether we're talking about ICU or we're talking about a ward, they open another pod. That's been going on since the beginning of the outbreak. And the media knows this. And whoever this moron was who lied in the state of Utah, who pressed the trigger on that lie that went out, they know it too. So when they say they're nearly overwhelmed, in reality, what they're saying is, hey man, we might have to open another pod, which clearly takes away the whole concept of overwhelmed. Unless your government and media just trying to lie to the American people and panic them. Can you imagine if a government official, not just in Utah, any state, sent out, say, an Amber Alert that was false, the girl had not, was not missing or had not been kidnapped, and they knew that, and they just sent the message out? Okay, first of all, the media would absolutely crucify the person, and then the person would very likely face termination. That's the same thing, whoever this individual is, in the state of Utah. Whoever put this message together and sent it out should be crucified by the media, but won't be, and should be terminated, but won't be. For me, one of the most disturbing things about the last nine months has not been government action because I have no faith or confidence in government. I don't, I don't believe the government is there doing the right thing for us or any of that nonsense, right? Government's there to perpetuate more. Government politicians are there to get reelected, not to serve the people. Uh, any Anything they do for the people is only in pursuance of their goal of getting reelected. So I'm not really, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see the government not doing the incredible overreach, the incredible over-the-top response, the lies, and the, oh, I would love for the government not to do that. All right, okay. But that isn't the most disturbing part to me. What has been the most disturbing to me over the last nine months has been the conduct of my fellow Americans. Um, clearly, intelligence is lacking common sense is lacking. Um, I would say courage is lacking, but 
once you show common sense and intelligence, you don't even need much courage to face this. I guess maybe we could say you need the courage to face the truth that this really isn't what the government and the media is communicating. But oh my God, the submissiveness, the obedience, the whatever you say, government. Man, talk about un-American conduct. With that as the backdrop, let me share with you the story of something that just happened to a friend of mine this morning. He lives in California and he went to a Skechers outlet store. He's in the store and he's looking around and an employee walks up and says, you're going to need to put a mask on to be in the store. And my buddy, he doesn't wear a mask. So he says to the guy, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll be happy to put a mask on. As soon as you get your corporate office on the phone and the corporate office verifies that every single customer has to be wearing a mask in order to be in your store. So run along, go get the corporate office on the phone. And if that's what they say, then I'll put a mask on. But the employee, of course, doesn't do that. What the employee did next, by any measure, is incredibly shocking. There were about two dozen other customers in the store other than my friend, who conveyed the story to me of what happened. The employee goes to the other two dozen customers in the store and herds them all to the back of the store. You have to go to the back of the store. Please go to the back of the store right now. Go to the back. He herds them all to the back of the store so that they're safe from that customer who won't put a mask on. Okay. Now, the employee's conduct in and of itself is appalling. But back to the original premise of this, just the part that has really disturbed me about the response of the American public, those two dozen people allowed themselves to be herded into a group in the back of the store by some snot-nosed kid minimum wage retail employee. Some punk kid told them, oh, you have to go to the back of the store because I say so. And they did. One might imagine I have some big punchline to that story. I don't. The story is the punchline to the entire last nine months. The story illustrates, I don't even know what to call it. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to call it cowardice because I don't know that any of those people felt cowardly at that moment. Fearful? I don't, probably didn't, weren't fearful of anything. Submissiveness, certainly. Obedience, even to a snot-nosed kid working in a retail store. Americans are willing to be submissive and obedient to some minimum wage retail worker who tells them, get to the back of the store. Not one, this is the important part, I suppose, not one of them said, are you fucking kidding me? Shut the fuck up, you little punk, and went about what they were doing as I would have done. I'm not saying it's polite or appropriate, but he was trying to hurt me. I would have said, shut the fuck up. I came here to shop not to listen to your dumb ass tell me what I have to do. Get the fuck away from me. That's almost certainly how I would have responded because I don't cotton well to being herded by little punks with some virtue signaling agenda. That's not who I am. But it is apparently who the vast, vast, majority of Americans are now, today.